All right, guys, we are back. Welcome to the Beanball Podcast. And we're going to talk about some contracts this week, the future, a lot more. Let's get it started. What's going on, everyone? This is the Beanball Podcast. We are your host, Alan and Alan. This is episode one, but I guess 1.5, you can call it, since fortunately two weeks ago we recorded a podcast, and when I went to go edit it and post it, we, Alan did, Mike did not work. Yeah, we had technical difficulties. N- new equipment. <laughs> um, but if you haven't noticed, uh, we are now the Beanball Podcast. Yeah. you Formerly known as AA Sports Podcast. Yeah, Beanball, you know, more baseball related, it's more of a baseball name. So, you know, new look to the setup. Yeah, yeah. if you guys haven't seen it now, take a look at our Instagram. Uh, Alan's making it look pretty dope. Uh, so that's going to be our new look. And moving forward, hopefully, you know, good things will come. Yeah, good things. So let's get into some talk. I guess first thing we can talk about is fans being at opening day. Um, you know, here of the kinds of numbers are being allowed at games is getting interesting. Like Ohio, of course, with the Indians, right now they have current the most going to be, looks like, going to be able at 30%, which would be just over 10,000 fans. Okay. So that's good. Miami Marlins are looking at 25%, which would be around 9,000, but unfortunately they only averaged 10,000 fans back in 2019, so it's almost a normal crowd for them. Yeah, so they're doing well. Although they did so well last year, the crowds might want to increase, so they could be selling out every game. Who knows? And then currently um, this week, um, New York allowed to start having fans at their sports events. If the stadium is over, I think 10,000, you're allowed to have 10%. So like Madison Square Garden stuff, it's not much, but if you look at Yankees and Met and City Field for the Mets, Yankees will have just around 5,000 if this stays true, and then Mets will have around four. Wow, that's not a lot, especially for New York baseball. No. Um, so it could change. You wow. know, we are t- still about a month away from opening day. Um, Mets opening day is not until like the second week of April, so they have a little bit extra time since they open up in D.C., but Yankees do open an opening day in New York. So at right now, you're talking 5,000 fans, okay. unless it changes. All right. Well, fun fact, uh, if, I don't know if you've heard, but uh, the Mets have been the be- most team that's been betted on to win the World Series? Yes. The most <laughs> active team yeah. to win the World Series. It's, it's kind of shocking to me. I it's mean, unreal. Everybody's believing the hype. I mean, there's been a lot of moves happening in New York, a lot of big signings. I know I know. looking at some of the um, chat, there's a lot of people who are kind of disagreeing with it, like, oh, we're not, we should have done more, this or that. You guys are crazy. I, I think what the Mets have done has been great. Yeah, I think it's been great moves. We'll definitely talk about it. And I think was if you look at the Dodgers, what they did last year, yes, it's great. They still have a great team, but it is hard to repeat. Oh, yes, it is. Even though they're the favorites, though. Yes, they're still the favorites. Um, uh, followed by, I believe, the Yankees and the um, Padres. A couple yeah, other teams are right there. I think it's Padres, Yankees, then I think Atlanta, then Mets. Crazy, right? Yes. Man, it's going to be a fun season. That's it, all we it, got to it say. It is. Um, but speaking of some serious news, um, you know, this year we had COVID. We've had a bad season, and we've also had a lot of deaths. Yeah, like I think since the 70s, this is the worst year for Hall of Fame deaths between last year and then already this year it's unreal like you know when we last saw each other there were six and then mlb network put out a show about lost legends and then literally the next day another hall of famer passed away and then since the beginning of the year we already lost three legends and first car it kicked off with tony uh 
Lasorda, you know, one of the most baseful, colorful characters in the late 20th century, died January 7th at age 93. It's, it's, you know, it hits. And then the biggest one out of the three we can talk about is Hank Aaron is, you know, suddenly passed away in his sleep, you know, you know, he's the 10th active member of the die last, I guess, calendar year, not calendar year, but last year total. Cause I think the first Al Kane line was when we were ta- early in the, on the, this podcast last year. So, and then of course also Don Sutton passed away as well. It's just, it's unreal. Yeah, Three man, hall of famers it's, already. It's crazy. Ugh. God, it's like, can we get a break? Like, well, man. Well, speaking of people who can't get breaks. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. Uh, the Mariner CEO um, has been in hot water recently. What's been going on with that, Alan? So, I guess back in February, he had a Zoom rodeo um, call and recording and talking about the team and stuff. Yeah, and he was he was having a call with um, some kind of group. Yeah, uh, like Rotary Club or yeah, something. Yeah, Rotary Club. Or, yeah, that's it. Yep. Yeah, so, but, you know, there's a couple of different remarks between... Some of it you could say it was racial, and then also, which is the big topic we'll, we'll deep dive in probably next week, is the manipulation of service time with these young minor leaguers and your top prospects. But the first thing I guess what people really talked about was that, but also was the racial kind of. So you know, former Mariners pitcher um, Hashi Ikunala, I think it was his name was, was hired back in January for be a special assistant with the club and also like a scout. So he said, for instance, we just rehired um, Inquala. Uh, wow, this is terrible. Well, basically, they yeah, the Japanese the pitcher. Yeah. yeah, he was a pitcher for us for a number of years. One wonderful human being, but his English was terrible. We wanted to get him back in the game. He came to us, you know, by Asian scout. What's going on in the Japanese league? It was smart. And I was going to say, I'm tired of paying his his interpreter. But when he was a player, we'd pay, you know, him X. Then we also had to pay. The intruder seventy five thousand dollars a year, and his English suddenly got better. His English got better when we told him that. So that was one of the big things. Like you're like, and they also said something about some of the other Dominican players' English not being that great. So they took offensive to it, and then the team's payroll watching the financial bond lines. What his job said he was, but like their top prospects, former Mets, you know, number one pick Jared um, Kelnick, and then Logan Gilbert you know, will not likely start with the team because of ma- the major league service time. He said last year, you know, with co- if so- if they had a COVID outbreak like Seattle and stuff, you would not have seen them. You would have seen his old ass out in the outfield before you saw them. Hmm. Yeah, and I, I want to say earlier today I got notification that the number four prospect was actually suing them because of their – holding them down or like not i don't know if it's so, from the same organization so yes jared came out today saying pretty much he was told if he didn't signed an extension exactly yes he would not see the major league that year crazy right because um, if i forgot the player was they did sign someone last year i think he was the first baseman or something and he had a terrible year last year but since he signed the deal he stayed up the whole year nuts that's it's crazy um the one thing i did take away from the ceo uh from from when i looked at the transcript was he was brutally honest and and it gives, kind of gives you an idea of what 
the CEOs in baseball think about like because the, the way they were talking about the players like oh this guy's gonna be a Hall of Famer I told him this Mike it's gonna be his last year with us and yeah. things like that like we really Secret. got an eye opener to see like how they actually think about their players as numbers basically and um, it's crazy I mean I know what he said you know some of this controversial but yes. at least we get an idea of what they really think about them and this would probably wasn't a great time because with the CBA coming up at the end of this season yeah. how that comes out and looks at the players and players are like oh we're going to negotiate which you know the last two years, they have not had a great relationship with COVID, the rule changes, yep. and now you're going into a CBA, you know, negotiation. Certain, you know, it expires December first, and you already know what your one of the top CEOs in the league feels about players. Exactly, and and you know now that they're manipulating players' contracts yes. or, or the or the way that they're treating the players because of the contracts. So it's not just about the best baseball player getting up there. And me and Alan know that because yeah. we've seen some guys who Chris we thought. Bryant deserve to get up there chris bryant was has been <laughs> the biggest name so far yeah you know um, he they kept him in the minors till the exact day to get the extra year of course he went to arbitration and lost or he would have been a free agent this year but he's not going to be a free agent now till next year now right so my my big thing is that the guy has talent let the kid play um because you know you're, you're that's how you're gonna win this is gonna be interesting to watch they still say he needs more at bats you know he hasn't got more than double a but he was with your your pretty much farm team or whatever last year so if Jared has a hell of a spring, it's going to be hard to justify to send him back to AAA. And some guys have had killer spring seasons and took it into the yeah. – got stayed on the club because of that. Um, yeah, so that will be something to look into. It's going to um, be something to watch. You know, and, and whether or not the CEO was wrong in this situation, um, at least it's eye-opening. At least we can understand how they're thinking when they talk about their teams yeah. and evaluate their players. Yeah. So I'm glad to have that part of it. Yeah, but of course he did finally resign, So, but still it's – Players are not happy. Damage you know, is done, yeah. The, the damage control now and probably in Seattle spring training is not good. This is going to be a hot topic for months to come. So we have to keep an eye on this and see how these players do and what this team does because they have a lot of top prospects. Yeah, man. All right. Uh, well, the next thing we want to talk about is the MLB is making some changes to the ball. Um, apparently, as Justin Verlander said, you know, the ball has been carrying off the bat. Um, and they want to reduce the home runs, which is crazy because I thought they wanted more fans to watch the, the game. But I get it. Uh, you know, there have been a huge increase in home runs in recent years, and this is their solution to lower that number. Uh, they want to deaden the ball, basically. And to do this, they're going to reduce the weight by less than one-tenth of an ounce and slightly decrease its bounciness. Uh, so, you know, I think this could result in a big dip in offense as there will be a lot more strikeouts. Yep. Because um, these days, you know, chicks dig the long ball, and that's what guys are doing. They're not out there to make hits. They're out there to hit home run or strike out. That's crazy. It's an, it's an evolution of the batter right now. Yeah, because, you know, they did a survey a couple of years ago, and it said nothing was changed. There's no effect. But there has been. You can clearly tell if you look at the stats. So this is similar to what the KBO has done recently. And the KBO had a 33% decrease in home runs okay. when they did the changes. And, of course, additional five more teams are going to be storing baseballs and humidifiers at their home ballparks, which would be Diamondbacks, Mariners, Mets, Red Sox, and Rockies, have already stored their balls. So we don't know what other five teams are adding to that list. Okay. And speaking of KBO, uh, Sin Shu Chu just signed a, a deal with KBO. Man, you know, <laughs> KBO got opened up when we had no baseball last yeah, year. Yeah, man. Yeah. Like it just brought in the whole horizon. It's you know it's a fun league, it's growing. You know it's, we can say it's the third league out of all. You know MLB is probably one. Japanese is probably you look at your second, but KBO is coming strong. And they're trying to. I mean, but last year it was a little cringeworthy though when we were watching it. Yes, we had baseball, but there was a lot of errors. I think who was it? Addison Russell or somebody that signed over to KBO? Yeah, I think. And and he didn't do that well. I mean, there was just a lot of errors. I mean, it's still good baseball. 
Uh, it just kind of reminds me of the minor league somewhat. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. You know, they don't have great guys. They do have some. Some, yeah. So, like, we had one signing with um, a Padres. They signed the, one of the guys. So, we'll see what they can do. It's going to be interesting to watch. but yeah, Definitely some standouts. But, yeah, this is going to be the first, you know, they're trying to, you know, because players have said something about the ball. So, they can say something going in CBA. It's like, oh, look, we made changes. So, we'll see how it reacts. So, it's going to be very interesting. So, we're going to get a little off-season topic since, you know, we did an episode. We went deep dive in it. <laughs> There's no point no more. But we're still going to talk about pretty much the two signing slash trades that's going to make the most impact this season. So um, my first one, I don't think you can call ba- you know bias or, but as a Mets fan, but I don't know the baseball you think about if you get Francisco Lindor and Carlos <laughs> Carrasco in a deal that sends two minor leaguers and two major league players, that's a steal. Yeah. I mean, basically got these two superstars for a bag of chips. I mean, maybe not well, that bad, but not as bad as the Rockies Cardinals deal. Exactly. But yeah, I agree with that. That's my first one too. Lindor to the Mets was huge. And then you got Carrasco to just put icing on yeah. the cake. Like, yes, it's one year Lindor, but you have negotiation rights pretty much during the spring. He said he don't really go into the season. So you have a month to negotiate to see roughly what he wants, what Cleveland didn't want to do. Cause they said, he said that they had talks, but he had their his number, and they had their number they couldn't agree on. So we'll see if Mets can get the deal done. But then you get Carrasco for three years, two more years after the season. You know, for two minor leaguers, we don't know if it will turn out or not. And then, of course, Ahmed has been getting okay. He had a down year last year, and then Jimenez had a great rookie year last year. So they got some good guys that automatically fill in the, the spots for them real quick. Yeah. So we'll see what they do with that. Yeah, but as a Mets fan, I mean, I loved Jimenez, what he did uh, that season and last season, and Ahmed Rosario is really good too. But I am not at all hurt about this trade. This trade is great. I'm 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 loving it. Yeah. All right. So what's your other one that you got? Well, the other one that I got um, is actually Bauer signing to the Dodgers, and the reason I like this because the Dodgers are you know reigning champs. They're making their team even better, and with Bauer up there, that just makes them more elite and even higher chance, in my opinion, to repeat. Yeah, barring the injury or anything, but yeah, you're talking about a super rotation. Yeah. You already had two, arguably two of the top starting pitchers with Clay Shaw, and then Walker Bueller has blossomed mm-hmm. recently, and then you add the reigning Cy Young champion – Winner, it's you know it's a no brainer. That like, with the offense, and then the guys that you have, um, I can't think of the guy's name right now. The, the kid with the curly hair, you know, the hard. Oh, uh, Dustin May. Like I said, I like this team. May I thought was finally get his shot, the fifth starter this year, and nope, that's okay. They're he, still strong. Yeah, they have six starters. They can throw whoever out. They'll figure it out. I wonder what they're gonna do with Jack Peterson this year. <laughs> well, Jack Peterson signed with the Cubs. Oh, okay, there you go. Yeah, he was a yeah. free agent. Ah, oh, well, there it is. So, all right, but still, Dodgers have a great chance to repeat. I would not be shocked at all if they did. That's that's a, a solid one. The other one I have is Springer to the Blue Jays. Yeah, six absolutely. years, one hundred fifty million. You know this veteran player that the Blue Jays could have needed last season. You know they finally got a little taste of playoff baseball, even though they got um outed pretty quick. But you know they end up losing to the AL champions, but, but the Rays. But it's yeah. it's something you get that taste. And and that's what I'm saying. The fact is that everybody was counting them out preseason. Um, Last so last young, year they had no and, pitching and, really, and they made they were making moves last yeah. year, and they're still making moves. The Blue Jays could be that dark horse. Yeah, I don't know. Like with you know Rays trading, um, 
Blake Snell to the Padres. Like, well, you were just in the World Series and you trade your ace. But there's report Glass now has finally got two more pitchers pitches. <laughs> so if they're anything good, we think he could be. That could be someone to watch this year. But you know, Springer in center field, I think is one of the guys they are missing. That young infield is stacked, and you just need someone who can trust in the outfield. And then Springer has been one of the best bats in the playoffs recently. Yeah. Um, I feel like no can needed because last year he went off in that run, which they almost went back to the World Series, which was nuts. Pushing the Rays, I'm like, what is going on? Yeah, no, they did they did things that I didn't think they were capable of, yeah. especially the way they finished their season. Like, yeah, with they, losing they Verlander, barely made it in. You lost Cole in the off season. You lose Verlander from Tommy John. Going like, on. yeah, um, but new yeah, coach. I like the Blue Jays um, because what they're doing is they're putting themselves in a position to compete with the Yankees, which is the team to beat in that division. Yeah, so. You know, I feel sorry for the Baltimore Orioles because rebuilding is going to be harsh. Yeah. Because, you know, well, Red Sox really do nothing this offseason. So, but. Well, I mean, on a high note, uh, the Orioles do have uh, Matt Harvey is most likely going to be in the minor league system. Well, I think think he's going to make the club. You think so? Yeah, they have really no one pitching. So, we'll see what they do. But, okay, so we're going to get some topics. We're going to discuss, break down. Um. So with Trevor Bauer signing this deal, ultimately it's three one-year deals. If you look at it, um, it came out recently exactly how the payout was, which was interesting how they made the money work. Yeah, no, very because you know first you hear was forty million, like that's a lot of money, and how's that going to hit their cap because they got to be over the luxury tax. Technically, it's only twenty-eight million dollar base salary with a ten million dollar bonus. Nice. Now, if he opts out, he gets the extra two million to make it the forty. Mm-hmm. But and then next year, I think it's like um, thirty two million base, and then if he opts out after year two, he gets the extra money to make it forty five. I'm like, okay, y'all are using your little worries. But so with the two year deal with three years, you know, one hundred two million dollars, could this be something in the future? If you look at Pujols and then Cabrera recently with their ten year deals at the back end of their deals, right? You're paying someone top dollar in the MLB. And but they're, they're, they're putting at up the end of their not years. Right. great numbers that should be exactly. worth Exactly. Like, Pujols is considering retiring. I know his wife said that's probably going to happen, but he hasn't officially made it a thing. Um, but he's getting paid more than a lot of guys yeah. on the team, and he's not the guy anymore. Yeah. And Pujols is great, in my opinion, a first-time Hall of Fame, uh, first-time yeah, ballot guy. But um, who knows? I mean, like I said, only time will tell. It's a gamble for both players and teams. Yeah. If the player is good, but you don't want to gamble on a long contract, then you pay him more over a shorter period of time. Yeah. So, like you said, the three-year gamble on Bauer, pay him $100 million rather than taking a decade gamble on a pitcher when you yeah. don't know what's going to happen. Um, like like John Carlos Stan, you pay the guy $300 million, he has one good year. Well, the year he you pay him, and he starts going downhill. Injuries. and it, I think it works both ways because I like it. So, so what we're seeing right now is uh, we're seeing the older players getting a lot of money because we know what they can do, but it's for a shorter period of time. But then on the other end, we're also seeing contracts like Tatis where we're getting paying a, a guy who's not who hasn't even finished a full season getting paid for the long term because yeah. they're betting on him. Yes. Which it's it's interesting we'll go with that here in a second which other players have signed long terms early and compared to what newer contracts like should you waited or not but like you know Pujols this year he's 41 will probably be a part-time DH. He's yep. making $30 million this year. $30 million this year, and he'll probably hit 15 home runs. I mean, he's not going to get to 700 this year. I don't see no. it. 
He people, needs 38. People have been talking about it, and they're saying, yeah, is he going to get his 38 before he retires or whatever when the, the news came out? No, he's not. He's no, not going to hit that many this year. year. No, he's not. I, if, I he gets, if he gets 20-something, I wouldn't and is he be within surprised. less than 20, he comes back for next year to try to get the 700 and then retire. It wouldn't surprise me. And it depends. And he said it depends on his body. Yeah. Um, look, Pujols is one of the best hitters I've ever seen. It's just unfortunately, you know, the past decade, he's been getting older. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I... If he hits about twenty home runs this year, I would be surprised. I, I'd put him around eighteen; would be nice, a nice year for him. Um, but like you said, who knows? And if he hits eighteen, he's still far away. I don't know if he comes back and finishes it. I think he falls short of seven hundred. Yeah. I wish he didn't, but what hurt him was the last couple seasons. I mean, last season wasn't even like a full season. Yeah, he didn't hit much. But the three years before that, I looked at this morning because I was talking to a um, Cardinals fan at work. Um, he's only averaged like twenty three, nineteen, and twenty one. Those three years, yeah, that's what he averaged for home runs, which isn't terrible, but it's not terrible. But, but you got to compare to the players he's getting, 40, 50 right. that he was, and that's because he's not an everyday player. Yeah, and his kind of build, he's a power guy. And yeah. you know, you're not getting that power this no. long. No, 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 no. So, and then Cabrera, for example, he's 38 this year. He's making 30 million, mm-hmm. and then he has two more years under contract for 32 million a piece. Exactly, and he earned it because he's the triple crown winner yeah. guy, but. He hasn't been the same guy in the last couple of years at no, all. And then, unfortunately, for that team being the the downhill spiral that they are, it's you're rebuilding, but yet you're paying this aging star thirty million dollars a year. And that's our biggest that's our biggest thing right there. You're paying a guy who doesn't have it anymore, although he is great. He, and but he's probably great in the clubhouse with with the young kids there. I that's agree. probably too. But as a team that needs to compete, you can't have him on the books like this. You could have used that money better elsewhere so i don't know they need to re redo the restructure the contract or something but um i don't see this as a good play like john carlos stan he's getting 300 million dollars i don't see this as a good play in the next five years or, or yeah, the last five i think or slowly we'll see the older guys who finally hit free agency at like 29 30 are going to get higher money but well, for, for like four years, or five years at the, at the most yeah like um, so it's gonna be interesting we'll see what how baseball grows and stuff like that but when we talk about you know long-term deals, I guess we have to go right into the next one is Tatis got paid. Yes, he did, especially when you compare him to the guys who got the same kind of deals. Yeah. Uh, when I look at Tatis's deal, what amazes me is that he didn't – not only has he not played a full season, he, well, a full 162-game yeah, season. Between his, his injured rookie year and then the short season last year, right. he has paid 140-something games. That's what I'm saying. So not only that, you're paying this guy more than Bryce Harper, I, I believe, right? Um, or technically, at, it's like it's the th- he's just under Harper contract. But what I'm saying is Harper was established when he got this yeah. contract. We knew what the kid brought. We knew what he was. He was a stud at 16 on the cover of ESPN magazine. Me and Alan both saw that when it came out. Yep. We were like, this guy's going to be real. Yep. And now you got Tatis Jr., who apparently lost 42 pounds and is, is ready to roll. Is that him, right? No. Uh, um, who's that? Vlad Jr. Oh, Vlad Jr. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. You got Tatis who hasn't been here that long, and yet you know he's a force to be reckoned with, and you see it so much, you see the potential that you lock him up. Yeah. So, you know, it came up 14 years, $340 million. You know, he hasn't even hit arbitration years yet, so it's like, wow. So, we're wondering, so roughly it came out to an average of $24 million a year. So, the breakdown is this year, he's only he only got paid half a million dollars last year, so he's getting a million dollars this year, which would be about right where arbitration would have been. Next year, he's getting $5 million. Year after that, seven, eleven. Then his last year of his last arbitration year, which would be about where if he stays true, which would see what Lindor, Mookie Betts, all them, they got about twenty million dollars. That's what he's getting. Okay. Then finally, that first year he'll get another twenty year. Then it goes twenty five, twenty five, thirty six, thirty six, thirty six, thirty six, thirty six, and thirty six. Are there any opt outs? No opt outs. No full trade clause. Nuts. 
And then so he'll be 35 when this deal runs out. So he can still sign a contract after this deal is done. Wow. That's amazing. What a contract. And Bobby Bonilla is still be getting paid bef- <laughs> yes. after yes, this deal is done. Bobby Bonilla is still getting paid. And then each year he gets $700,000 for his signing bonus. It's not one big lump sum. It's every year he gets a signing bonus. That's amazing. What a contract. It's Good like, for wow. Him. I hope he pans out. I hope it's no like sophomore slumps and then never come back. It's like, man, this was like definitely the big gamble. The not even the gamble, but the idea of what everyone's been wondering what Padres been doing all these years because they were terrible and making certain trades, and then they finally started signing players. Like, what is he doing? And then they signed Machado, and then it was just all coming finally together. We saw it last year with Slam Diego. He extended Lindor and and all these trades. I think he, they're going all in, and I think roughly, I think when um, Machado's deal runs out is when his Tatis money jumps up to thirty six million. Nice. So it like bounces out, kind of. So it works out. It's interesting. So this one's and then what surprised me now you look back the other people who signed like Acuna. Mm-hmm. It was like just over hundred million dollars for ten years. So now that you look at that, and then still- that was also in the minor league. So he still hasn't made his debut yet. And if you think of um, White Sox, which one just signed a deal to? Uh, was it Roy? I think signed the deal minor league before he got called up too. I think. But then the bad one of all the ones is, um, God, the second baseman for Braves, uh, Ozzy, um, uh, Bill is? yeah, his deal is terrible for a young deal to be signed. But, but like I said, but that's that's the point. Yeah, the point is that the guys are so young that you're offering them a decent contract to get them more money now. Exactly. You're kind of like, okay, I can take this money now. And so as you see it in your eyes as an organization, you're saving money in yeah. the long run because you're locking them up before superstar status ha- happens. Yeah. Remember Mike Trout signed early and that deal was like nothing compared to what these were. And of course, when he got the big money, then we can all just figure so, out that. So it makes me wonder um, with all these leaps of faith and signing these guys when their minor leaguers are barely playing a game in the big leagues, they must have some kind of feel about the guys, and the analytics must be outrageous with these guys because that has to have a, yeah. a big play in it. Oh, yeah. Because why else? If you haven't seen a guy in the big leagues doing what you want him to do before you give him a big contract and you sign him pre that, you know something special about the kid. Well, yeah, especially if you think about the White Sox. They have so many young prospects. So you think about here. Great prospects. Especially they're all be around the same time. Arbitrations will start hitting. They're going to start paying these guys. Let's go ahead and sign these deals now so we know exactly what we can pay other guys that we're going to need. And if you could lock this many guys up for these kind of steals, like like you just said, um, Acuna, what, what would you say? It was $100 million Yeah, it's just years? over $100 million over. What a steal. Yeah. If you could steal this many guys, then you could have a dynasty. Oh, yeah. That's all I'm saying. That's a great deal. Definitely. So it's very interesting with these deals. So we're going to talk about this real quick, a little more. We'll take a quick break. All right, everyone. Welcome back. So we talked about Tati signing. So the next one you got to think about that's got to be coming if they are, it's Juan Soto. Yeah. What kind of money do you think? Uh, well, honestly, you know, he's already been. This is year his year one arbitration. They already agreed. He's making eight point five million this year. Okay. So you're talking about, you know, he'd be a free agent after 2024. He'll be only 26 years old. Mm. You can sign him to a, a ten year deal. He still will only be 36. It'd be a pretty good deal, I think. Yeah, since he is so much younger. Mm-hmm. That's the thing with uh, you know Tatis. He was signed out of the Dominican, I think, at 15. Yeah, so that's why the deal works. Same thing with Soto. Doesn't he owe people like $30 million? So, yeah. 
<laughs> well, Tatis apparently is there's an organization where if we give you depending on how much money you take from us, you owe us a percentage of your deal if you sign. Yeah. Now, if you never make it to the big leagues and you never sign your big deal, you don't owe them back. That's it's crazy. a bet. That's crazy. It worked out for them because Tatis got paid thirty so, million over. So it sounds like it worked out for both of them. Yeah, to be honest, because Tatis is still getting paid pretty dang good. Yeah, I think he took like the quarter million one, which I think is the max you could take. And it's not going to mean anything to him because he's going to get endorsements and this and that. Oh, he's yeah. he's going to make all this money up. He's the face of baseball, so he's going to definitely right. make it up. But yeah, if you think about Soto, right? If you want to sign him long term now, you're talking if you you're talking three forty. He's probably going to ask damn near close to four hundred. And what I'm thinking is, I don't know. I don't know if the Nationals are going to do it. I felt like, yeah, they won the World Series, but they didn't feel like they wanted to keep a good team together after that. I mean, I know they locked up Strasburg at the time, but I still feel like there's a lot of moves that should have happened that didn't. Like, I don't know if the the I don't know if the owners are fully in on this team. That's well, my issue. You think about there's deferred money, like Max Scherzer has deferred money and yep. stuff. So it's like, you know, they only went Harper around three hundred million for ten years. So it's like, what are they willing to give and bet on? Well, what I'm saying is if that was their realm for Harper, yeah. I don't see much different for Soto. Because if, if you were going to lock up a guy, Harper was the guy to lock up. He brought the energy. He was the face of the team, in my opinion. Um, now you got Soto, who is still great. Yes. I just don't know. He's not Harper yet. but He's damn near close. Think, do you think they're going to offer him? Anything I, I don't know. Like there's, a, there's been no really talks of what people have heard. Maybe longer years. So I think if he comes out this year, kills it, has another you know batting title MVP year, then you really gotta start asking yourself. I don't know, man. I feel like Nationals would give him like three forty over twelve. It's gonna be interesting. Like I said, he'll be twenty six when he free agent hits. So say if he signs next year, you know, a, let's say twelve years, so he'll still be around thirty six, thirty seven. Right, and depending on what's going on, then who knows? Yeah, but. I guess I guess it comes down to what team is hot, what team needs a player, when when it's time for yeah. him to make a decision. And then I guess the biggest thing also what some teams are probably waiting on, which surprised they didn't wait and these players is the CBA. Yeah. What's gonna be included, what's you know, it's gonna be very interesting who's gonna give what. So it's gonna be very interesting to watch with that one. So so I guess the question I'm gonna ask, if you're a young star is do you sign earlier or do you bet on yourself and see how it plays out? Personally, um, if I was playing as a young star, I would probably take the deal because that's guaranteeing me money. It makes me feel like I'm in a place where I can relax. I can build a home. I can just play ball, not have to worry about this crap. And and, and then once I'm done with that contract, hopefully I'll have another big one after that. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I think if it were if it. You know, works for both of us. You know, you're not trying to screw me, try to underpay me, but I want to stay here, take a slight pay cut, then hit the open market. Like um, Degrom said it perfectly when they, he asked his press conference the other day. I watched was they asked like, "Are you going to think about the opt out?" Because you know Bauer was offered and it's getting forty million a year. He's like, and I looked up Degrom's making thirty three, so he's talking seven more million dollars. Pretty good. But you know, he said he wants to be met for life. He really hasn't thought about the you know opt outs, but. When you love or you're comfortable where you are, you're going to take less money to make the team better around you. Exactly. It's uh, Unfortunately, it's not like football where there's salary caps, so there is a lot of sacrifices. Tom Brady has been one of the biggest one mm-hmm. all those years, taking all the sacrifices to get a team around and, him. And that's a good strategy because if DeGrom does the same thing and doesn't worry about this extra couple million, let's worry about the ring. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If that's, if that's what's like, more important. If anything, I think um, whose contract I was looking at? Oh, it's Pujols. When I was looking at his deal, there was so many bonuses – if he hit certain things, like if he hit, 
if he ended up getting the home run record, it was almost a $3 million bonus yeah. with Angels. So stuff like that you can put in, like, look, if I do this, mm-hmm. bonus. You know, MVP bonus. Like, stuff like that can be where you can make the money up. Exactly. So, but, yeah, if it's if I'm young enough where I can look at it, like, I can still get another deal. Like, maybe not even 10 years. I'd probably do eight. Where it gives me through arbitration and maybe a couple years after, and then we can negotiate maybe still extending later. Right. And, and I get it from the other side, too. If you want to bet on yourself because you're not too sure about the team, you're, you're sure about your abilities, and you want top dollar. But if you're that good and you're facing a franchise, the money's going to come. Yeah. In my like opinion. Said, endorsements. Right. You know, especially nowadays with memorabilia, autograph signings. A lot of players are locking up with these big companies for franchise or like the MLB Player Association and signing and making money. So, like I said, I got other things to worry about if I was a star. I just want to, I want to sign that good contract and go play ball. Yeah. So that's pretty much all we got this week. Um, I guess we can we can talk about something real quick. Is the comments that Mike Trout said that he's hearing people and, and is tired of losing too. It's like, uh, yeah. Look, if I was Mike <laughs> Trout, I would be tired of losing because. I'm tired of not seeing Mike Trout in playoffs. In my opinion, he's definitely one of the faces of baseball, but we're not getting anything from him. Yeah. We're not getting anything from this Hall of Live Hall of Famer in front of us because he's on a crappy team. Yeah, you know, here on, you know, the East Coast, we're not staying up to 10, 30, 11 o'clock every night to watch Mike we're Trout. Not. No. And, you know, it's very rare he's on the East Coast. I might see a couple of bats from him and yeah. then go to bed and check out and the highlights. And so you want to see that guy is eight o'clock playoffs. On national TV. Look, to be honest, I wouldn't even care. I know this is sacrilegious. I wouldn't even care if he played for the Yankees. I would just want to see him on the East Coast. Like, like we all thought. We all thought it was coming where he was going to go home and be a Philly. We thought it was going to happen. That would be heartbreaking. With, with Harper and Trout. I thought it was lining up, and then he extended. I was they like, would be the favorites for sure. I was like, God. I was like, imagine that outfield. But it didn't happen. But it wouldn't surprise me if he kind of looks and like, look, they didn't make no deals this year again. Like, our future is not looking great. We don't have a good farm team. I think it's time. Would he? So, but he's even being vocal about the CBA and stuff. So, if, and the rumor is he's meeting with lawyers and stuff weekly. So, he's going to be a big name in the CBA negotiation yeah. here this year. And he should be. But, man, Angels, if you do not make any moves, if you come close and still don't make any moves to improve y'all's chances, you're going to lose it. Before we go, what do you think about um, Cespedes holding this little tryout or whatever's going on? You know, he's going to try. We'll see. It's going to be interesting. A lot of players, you know. Can you even trust him to not just leave in the middle of the game? I guess more so because, you know, he felt like he was betrayed by the, the bonuses because he needs to have so much playing time and he wasn't getting it. So I feel like he needs to sign like a more of a minor league deal to prove himself. I doubt that's happening. I doubt too. And then you think about Puig as well. He's still available. Yeah. He had an okay year in the Dominican League, the Winter League. So, you know, people have contacted him. So I think that's more seeing how the market plays out because there's still a lot of people not signed. And we're already full rosters and everyone showed up, you know, this week. So it's like we're in it. Mm. Games start next week. Yeah. So unless someone gets injured, it's going to be interesting with a lot of these players. Any last thoughts? I don't think so. I think, you know, it's been interesting so far. No big news. Um, Well, Tim Tebow retired. Yeah, Tebow, <laughs> you know. That's okay. Not he finally news. gave it in. It's fine. Um, About time, probably. Uh, Brian Dozier retired. You know, decent career. You know, he, he got his World Series title with the Nationals. So, 
these guys won ring. Um, unfortunately for the Twins, they lost their top prospect today mm. for the season. He slipped on his, his ice and partially tore his ACL. Oh, so bad. I'm like, ouch. But I'm thinking, I'm like, Twins, I'm like, are they in Florida? Or are they, do you not make it down to Florida yet? And maybe slip before going to spring training then. Mm. It's like, man, that sucks. Mm. All right. So, but yeah. So we'll be back next week. So we'll have a weekly podcast. Try to have it out on every Friday. And next week we're talking about the minor leagues. There is hopefully a minor league season. Schedules just came out. And then we'll talk deep door because these players come out left and right about CBA talk. So (laughs) we'll get into this and much more. We'll catch y'all later. Peace. Peace. Hey, thank you for checking out this episode. If you want to hear more, please like, share, and subscribe this podcast with your friends. If you want more, even more content, please go check out our Instagram and our YouTube channel, The Beanball Podcast. We'll catch y'all next time. Peace.